Who the fuck is that guy? Well, his name is Dustin Poirier and he just knocked you out by TKO. Uh, good number of counter strikes and yeah you just fell on the mat and you were knocked out and could even see that you even passed out slightly uh, and that was my worst probably my worst um, Conor McGregor impression so welcome back guys to another edition of the Ico Joker podcast Ico Joker show and uh, yeah I'm not trying to hate on Conor McGregor or um, shit on him at all um, back then just a little drive just a little joke that's all um it was just something that was playing my mind um or just in the run-up to this um this event and to making this uh podcast uh so um i apologize for that but i was just trying to be funny <laughs> my worst irish accent so yeah so for this um fight ufc 257 the headline main event of um conor mcgregor versus dustin poria which was basically going to be uh second round mostly it was termed Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor um, too because it's not like a rematch. This will be the second time these guys are going head to head in the lightweight division at the UFC uh, since their um, first encounter at UFC 178 back in 2014. So um, initially, I thought initially I actually wanted Dustin Poirier to um, to win the fight, and uh, reason being is just. <laughs> Again, I'm not. I don't hate anyone. I'm not. I'm hating on people. Um, it's just that um, uh, some people just want. To, they're on that sort of like that sort of like power trip. You just want them to be humbled. But um, yeah. Um, initially, um, I actually th- I wanted um Dustin Poirier to win, and initially I thought it w- it would actually be Conor McGregor that would win because I even put like a small poll on my Instagram stories a few days before the fight. No, the day before the fight, and um. Yeah, most of my followers, those who voted anyway, they uh, most of them, uh, majority who did vote, said no, Conor McGregor is going to win this fight. And uh, lo and behold, I wake up the following morning, Sunday morning, uh, because the fight happened at 3 a.m. Um, IBW time, which is about our time here, will be about because they're four hours ahead of us. Uh, no, it was going to happen at sorry, not 3 a.m., 7 a.m. IBW time, which means over here it would have been um, shown about 3 a.m. here in the UK. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah, yes. Um, but that doesn't matter. Sorry, that doesn't matter. Uh, point is, um, I thought that Conor McGregor would win, but come Sunday morning, and um, I watched the highlights that I could get get, get a hold of on YouTube, and um, just out of nowhere, Dustin Poirier just throwing these counter strikes, and my mind just saying, "Keep going, keep going. You're nearly there. You're nearly there," and just gets Conor McGregor down the floor, and that's it. He wins by um TKO. So, you know, it was, I was surprised myself, I was really, um, I was even um, shocked, so even before I watched the highlight, um, that I saw just on the, some, some um, headlines in, on Google that he had actually won the, um, won the fight. So the first round, the two guys are pacing back, backwards and forwards, exchanging kicks and strikes, and Dustin's leg kicks really did some damage to um, um, Conor McGregor's calves because even um, I think well not even after the fight but even before the fight ended just on the verge of being knocked out he actually collapsed onto the onto the canvas and that's what gave um, probably the opportunity to just get down and finish him off with um, plenty of counter strikes and he won by a technical technical knockout um, and even after the fight um, you know and when he you know 
after the fight, he you know he did go to um, congratulate Dustin Poirier on his win, and you know I respect Conor McGregor for that. You know, even with all the trash talking he's done in the past, how he's built himself up and by being running his mouth, basically, you know, I really do respect him for um, such um, a high performance athlete um, in in mixed martial arts. Um, as you know, he is. He still was humble enough to go and congratulate his opponent, who you know. Um, I'm sure he thought himself it would be an easy win, but of course it wasn't. You know, the tables were turned and, you know, Dustin Poirier was the better fighter. But, you know, I still have a lot of respect for um, Conor McGregor for congratulating his opponent, personally going to his opponent in front. So, you know, his security, his entourage, his coach was, coaches were there, his corner was, was there. And, um, you know, he personally said congratulations to Dustin Poirier very well done it was an honor to share the oxcon with you know keep it up and uh you know all the best in uh throughout your career um yeah and you know after the fights um i, I was gonna say this actually for the um for the towards the end of my podcast but no i might as well say this now but after the fight because it was such a big event you know such a massively anticipated fight by so many people um the bets you know my bookie.com uh my bookie mma.com they were taking i'm sure they had their favorites when was conor mcgregor on some podcasts i heard that some former um <laughs> not to disrespect them but when they hear this if they hear this i know who they are um they said that their um odds go just you know, waving their hand just goes up gas from their hands doing um some sort of random movement that you know basically they are not they are aware that they um may have somehow misled people with the bets and everything but uh you know they're saying it is what it is you know it was a choice to make to put the money down on mcgregor and that's the thing mcgregor was the um the fast that everybody thought was going to win i thought was going to be going to win if i um was was going to make a bet i would put my money down on conor mcgregor uh, it's just because of his record he's um beaten so many people he's just you know high level athlete in the sports of mixed martial arts you know i thought um i i thought was going to win um I would I would bet on him winning the fight, um, but after the um, after the fight, you know, um, there was a lot of people did um, take to social media, Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, wherever, or Facebook, and started taking <laughs> making fun of McGregor's loss. I mean, just after he's been knocked out, and he and you know he um, not did he no not something, but he lost by TKO, you know. Dustin Poirier is just celebrating and and just reveling in, in his success. Um, just the image of McGregor just like lying on his side and his props, his head up in the palm of his hand, just leaning on his elbow. Uh, many people use it to make memes, um, just um, memes of someone being drunk, someone sleeping, um, a fight off under a duvet cover or something. You know, just you know, really, really taking the mickey out of Conor McGregor and his loss. And I think maybe they're doing that because they wanted McGregor basically to just well, I'm potentially. I'm sure he would have seen all the moves and everything, but would he have cared? No. For someone who's uh, has the sort of money he has and the the sort of fame he has in this sport, um, I doubt he would have cared. But so I think many, maybe many people actually wanted to see him um, just get a taste of his own medicine, get knocked out and lose in front of so many people. I mean, in the Octagon, then in, in the Etihad Arena, they actually let two thousand fans. Not so many people, because of course we've got the pandemics to um, to deal with, 
And we also have to be careful and um, adhere to social distancing. Um, they let 2,000 fans, um, 2,000 people um, come to the arena and to watch the fight. So, of course, that loss in front of so many people. So it's still, let's say, a significant crowd. But that loss in front of so many people, you know, of course, he himself will not feel good about it. But uh, it was just crazy sort of things that was coming out. Um, you know, some fighters... Some fighters such as Khabib, yes, Khabib, um, and Dana Wise confirmed that these two do not like each other. Khabib hates Connor, their arch rivals, their arch nemesis. Um, Khabib responded almost immediately after the main event, saying, This is what happens when you change your team, leave the sparring partners um, who made you a champion, and sparring with little kids far away from reality. Now, I saw, first of all, when they mentioned this in the um, just um, certain um, YouTube channels such as MMA Worlds and uh, MMA News and similar channels who uh, keep a close on what's happening in mixed martial arts and the combat sporting world, um, they said that more than likely Khabib must have been referring to a video that um, McGregor posted just a few days before the fight of him just playfully sparring with his um, with his young, with his young son, who's actually his firstborn son. Yeah, and I saw the video, and yeah, I think uh, there's fine, there's nothing um, to it, but I'm sure that Conor McGregor would have trained for and prepared for this fight properly. But you know, could people just taking the mick and um, take uh, making jibes at um, uh, McGregor's loss? And there was another um, another tweet he put out saying, "Everybody woke up for you. Why, why have you gone to <laughs> gone to sleep?" I mean, whoever screenshotted this picture of McGregor just right after his loss and right after he's being knocked out, just, you know, him lying on the canvas floor there, just dazed and out of breath and exhausted after being knocked out by Dustin Poirier, who I'm sure even he himself didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Many other MMA veterans, you know, both those who are retired and those who are still fighting, but they've been in this game for a long, long time. I'm sure that even they, they didn't expect it. So, you know, um, whoever took whoever took that picture, you know, um, fine um uh, but you know it's just it's a meme that is making just it's surging and blowing up um, all over social media and the internet so yeah you know so many memes of connor's loss many 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 people were besting on connor's win you know even myself and another thing i'm going to point out is that in the octagon just right after poirier's win of course it whether at this point the camera crew gonna be taking pictures of the uh, of the athletes um just after the fight whether they've won or lost in the background of Poirier's picture I think it was a black and white picture there was um, I could, Dana Walt was standing there and he didn't look happy so I'm sure he's happy for them, Dustin's um, win but I'm, I'm sure that um, uh, I'm sure that maybe he he and Connor had something planned after this fight maybe if Connor had won this fight he would, would have been scheduled to fight someone else um I think was uh, is it Khabib was mentioned some I I don't know but I think more than likely maybe something else been planned um after after this um after this, this fight hopefully if, um Conor had won but that wasn't the case because uh, the expression on on Dana White's face um really for me it did um, arouse arouse some questions as to what else had been going on behind the scenes. But now credit to um, Dustin Poirier uh, for winning that fight. He surprised everybody, and he's um, he did say that um, 
No, he didn't say he was a professional boxer, but um, he did say, um, I think in tweets um, after the fight, he did say that he called himself the champ, champion, the uncrowned champ. Now, I did post a story in my Insta feed saying that, um, just congratulate him, saying that he's uh, he won. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, he won the fight, and uh, as many uh, mixed martial arts fans do, they'll post something in in their stories just um, to just to show the result of a match. I mean, I do that uh, just to um, congratulate the other person um, who the, the fighter that's won, whether I like them or not. But credit to where it's due. Um, and I said, yeah, he's a champ. And then my friend Charlie um, texted me saying, "Is he the champion though?" And I thought, okay, this is a sport that I really um, still have a lot of learning to do and a lot of homework. To do. <laughs> A lot of homework to do um, before I do um, post about certain things in my Instagram and on my Facebook and even on here on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, any of my podcasts. Uh, so you know, I thought about. I did go back and do some research, and um, but the thing is, Poirier called himself the champion. So uh, maybe this, maybe I'm right. Maybe Charlie's wrong. Maybe Charlie's right. Maybe I'm wrong. You know. But um, on to the next fight which was Michael Chandler uh, versus Dan Hooker in the lightweight division. Now, this was uh, Michael Chandler's um, highly anticipated, as I heard, debut into the UFC. And, um, of course, he did. He won by... Let's get this up on the internet. Now he won by yeah, likewise uh, Dustin Poirier in the when I was fighting McGregor in the main main event, he uh, won by a technical knockout also. So and I can even remember this uh, like I was yesterday uh, in the highlights, um, in the highlight that I managed to see. So just towards the um, towards the end there. Uh, it was kind of stated and even pointed out by one of the commentators. I can't remember who it was, but they said that it looks like a, not. This wasn't one of the commentators. Actually, Dana White in the um, the um, post press conference, he said that Dan Hooker did look like he he froze just for like a millisecond. And I went back to watch the the clip of the fight again. Yeah, it did look that way, just like that. And I think um, Chandler just seized the opportunity, just uh, moving moving for the kill, and just started. Uh, there was just a single strike that. Um, just knocks down Hooker right down to the canvas and yeah um, Chandler, Chandler just finished him off with um, some counter strikes and he won by a TKO and uh, you know yeah that for for him that is uh, really good so he starts off strongly in his uh, in his career in the UFC and I was actually quite surprised I've, his name um, Chandler even before he started in the UFC I always thought he was in the UFC but Surprise, surprise! When I went to see some homework on this guy, he had actually been in Bellator, um, you know, in the time leading up to this moment that he, um, or rather, leading up to the end of last year, two thousand twenty, whereby he signed a contract, um, to um to join the UFC, and I can't remember just, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was a fight that he was supposed to, uh, well. He was going to be like a standby opponent if one of the other guys, uh, for some reason, couldn't fight um, in the event. Um, but that didn't happen. So this really was his opportunity to make a debut and shine. And that's exactly exactly what he did. And it was one of those fights that it was um, over before it had even really started. 
I think, yeah, in the first round. They just lasted two and a half minutes, two minutes and 30 seconds. And uh, he won by TKO. Just this microphone my way a little bit. Yeah. And after the fight, he made a little speech. This is the greatest moment in my professional life. Conor McGregor, surprise, surprise. There's a new king in the lightweight division. Dustin Poirier, your time is coming. And Khabib, if you ever do see fit to grace us with your presence in the UFC octagon in your quest for a, a new record of 30 and 0 because people are making rumours, they're talking this, but you just can't get a clear, concrete answer as to whether Khabib is going to be coming back to the sport, even if it's just for just one more match to, uh, you know, because his father wanted him to have a record of at least 30 and 0 before retiring, but currently standing at 29 and 0. You've got to beat somebody, so beat me if you can. God bless. See you at the top. Uh, but, you know, but, um, no, actually, um, no, I'll say that now. Actually, I was going to save it for the, for the end of, the, of my podcast. Um, you know, Khabib, I think Dana White was in a conversation with Khabib when he said at the post press conference for UFC 257 after the fight that uh, he's been speaking to Khabib and Khabib even said to him and asked him the question, what am I coming back for, you know? All the guys that um, potentially that I could fight, there are so many levels beneath me, I'm so many levels above them, you know, what would be the point of me fighting them? Um, you know, I've beaten the best, um, those who have, a, who have a, you know, who are one of the highest ranking fighters in the in my weight division in the sport. You know, me coming back to um, fight these guys would just be pointless. Um, although some people have said that, um, and this is something that's pointed out um, at, is it UFC 252? No, it probably wasn't, but just so I don't get it wrong, it was when um, Khabib um, fought Justin Gaethje just towards the end of last year, um, towards the end of 2020. And I was having this discussion with, discussion with Charlie, and he said that, well, um, Khabib's record is uh, rather padded, and in this sport, padded, base, padded basically means you've been given opponents who were who basically were easy to fight, easy to fight and it's expected that you'll beat them. I hope I'm getting that terminology right. If if I'm not, uh, please correct me in the comment section. And uh, Charlie, if I'm getting this wrong, um, I apologise. Correct me in the, in the comment section as well if you're going to be watching this on YouTube. But now, congratulations to um, Michael Chandler for starting out really, really strongly in the UFC. And uh, he's caught, yeah, already he's called out some fighters, um, Conor McGregor. And I think in my last podcast, I did mention that he he called out Nate Diaz that. Um, he would slam slam him on his head. He's just um, looks skinny fat at the moment. He's been he's out of shape. He's not been trading for you know a long long while. Now the next fight was the women's heavy no 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 the women's flyweight division, which was Joanna Caldwood versus Jessica I. Now in my last podcast, uh, probably the podcast before that, I did say that. Um, I've got to stop this habit of w- just watching highlights if I watch the actual fight, then really um, I can actually get a better understanding of what happened in the event. And um, it's something which I still haven't done, so I apologise, guys. Um, but in this round, um, just to cut the st- long story short, uh, the win did go to Jessica I, and she won by unanimous decision. Um, you know, from what I could see, uh, the fight did start strong. Both um, fighters did start strongly exchanging strikes and leg kicks. Uh, they didn't waste any time at all in closing the gap in between themselves. And, um, yeah, 
<laughs> uh, Jessica I was the better fighter. She won by unanimous decision. I've got to make a habit. Oh, no, not a habit of stop watching the highlights and just get that UFC um, app that lets you um, actually watch the fights. Excuse me. Oh, I just wet my throat a little bit. Now, next up was the um, Mahmoud Muradov versus Andrew Sanchez, the middleweight division for the men. So, yeah, this fight, Muradov, I have been pronouncing his, his name correctly, Muradov uh, won by TKO, my um, flying knee and punches. Um, so, yeah, I did notice that on several occasions he actually leaped into the air and just um, get a knee to um, his opponent's face so um, yeah there was plenty of tech was it du, 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 du. yeah Muradov was really fighting quite um, aggressively which okay that that's good you want to um, dish out as many strikes leg kicks and elbows and take down as much as you can to your opponent to win as many points as you can so you know you make sure that um, basically you make sure that you win there's a better chance of you winning the fight and well, from what I could see, um, the fight started strongly. Uh, Muradov threw a couple of kicks. Um, Sanchez tried to get him into a takedown, but uh, Muradov um, was skillful and talented enough to get out of that. Um, again, um, Muradov was was really fighting aggressively, and um, each time he moved in, was really dishing out some really really heavy strikes. And towards the end of round one, um, yeah. I, I did catch one of the knees, um, high knees that Murajev did manage to, fr- to throw at um, Sanchez's head. Um, second round, both fighters didn't waste any time get really get into the fight. And um, yeah, I, I did see this. Uh, it had to be paused um, shortly after the round two began because um, Murajev, Murajev was, <coughs> excuse me, Murajev was hit in the groin by um, his opponent. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, this is just based on the highlight. I really, <laughs> I really need to uh, make sure that I see the actual fights um, for these events uh, in the future. But for that fight, Murdov won by TKO, flying knee, and plenty of punches. Um, <laughs> so the next fight after that was uh, Marina Rodriguez uh, versus Amanda Ribas. Yeah, which was the women's strawweight division. Um, now Rebas um, won the fight by TKO. El- um, enough, she managed to land enough elbows and punches, and that ended in this. That really ended in the second round. If I'm understanding the main card correct, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. So I'm reading through my notes. Um, <laughs> I kick myself with this every single time. Um, just no way. The re- the highlights just weren't good enough. So all I can t- all I can tell you is that um, Rodriguez was about faster. She won by a TKO. Uh, enough elbows and punches <laughs> to um, land a win. Next up, now move to the preliminary cards. I really hope I pronounce his name correctly. But this is the catchweight division. Sarukian versus Matt Frivola. Um, wasn't couldn't see much in this one. It was just a highlight that was um, badly done. 
but um so t-s-a-r-u-k-y-a-n sarukyan i hope i'm pronouncing his name correctly if i'm not guys please correct in the comment section down um down below let me know um if you're watching this on youtube um now he won by unanimous decision um i couldn't watch the whole fight but from the clips that i caught he did issue his fighting was really really ag um, aggressive there was plenty of takedowns a lot of clinches strikes and kicks you know just fighting luck I'm not going to use the word animal uh, because it's quite insulting to the fighters because they are human beings as well. So I still have you know, that respect for them for doing a sport that I love to watch, but I wouldn't necessarily like to do. Um, so I won't I'll never use the term animal when describing a combat sports, a fighter, whether it's MMA, boxing, or judo, whatever it is. Um, but the, you know, he was fighting like a warrior. You know, plenty of takedowns, clinches, uh, strikes, and kicks, and not giving his opponent Frivola an easy time at all and so yeah he won the fight by unanimous, unanimous decision and I also point out that he, this guy has a you know his record 18 fights and he's only had two losses you know so altogether 16 um 16 wins plus this one I'm assuming will make it 17 uh just cross check that da, da, da. I'm looking at the wrong person. Just a minute, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 18, fight, 18 fights in total and 16 wins. So that, that's really, really impressive. And this guy's only 24 years old. So I still won't call him a freshman, but he's still very young. So still a lot of fights ahead of him, you know. Hopefully, if there's no injuries or anything like that, that permanently hurts him or permanently, you know, disables him. But... You know, still has a lot of time to improve and to expand his record. 16, 16 wins, that's that's really, really good, you know. Only two losses. Very, very, very impressive. With that. In that fight, I can, I can see why he... You know, I've not watched all his fights, but in that fight, um, I, I, I'm assuming still I regard myself as a novice. I still have plenty of things to learn in this sport. I mean, today I was just learning and having a conversation with Charlie and watching some YouTube videos about how bets are placed and how each, how, when there's going to be a fight, um, out of the two fighters, which is a particular fighter that's the favourite to win and which of the two fighters is not the favourite to win. So I was just, I was just embarrassingly enough, I was just learning that today. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, credit to this guy um, for winning, um, Winning like it did, and yeah, back to my my point. I just lose my train of thought there. Um, looking at his, this fight and how he fought, I can see why he has such a fantastic record of, you know, more wins than losses. Just two losses out of an eighteen fight record of eight of eighteen fights. Now that is really really impressive. And again, his age is only, he's only twenty four, so he's still a really young man. So a lot of time to, if you could say, improve and uh, grow his record. So after that was the um, middleweight for the men, middleweight division, Brad Tavares versus Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, now Tavares won this by unanimous, unanimous decision. Excuse my mouth, just keeps getting dry. Yeah, so Tavares won this fight by unanimous, unanimous decision. Um, at the beginning of round one, both guys got straight into it. Uh, no, 
no playing around or anything. When I say get straight, get, get straight or right into it, I mean both fighters just waste no time in throwing strikes or kicks. Um, of course, they're going to try and do so appropriately just by being smart. You know, in the sport, you have to make sure that you um, make sure that you get that you issue as, as much of an attack as much as possible, whilst avoiding. Um, any strikes or kicks as much as possible yourself minimizing the attack on you whilst maximizing the attack on your opponent unlike what i saw in one of the previous events with um one of the fighters and i'm surprised i still remember her name sarah morass the canadian mma fighter who when she was fighting um is it the brazilian fighter i think she's a brazilian i, I forgot her name was it vanessa um she basically basically was just circling the octagon there and was was issuing strikes here and there but she wasn't doing much and um you know even i could tell that she no she hasn't done herself any favors yet and she's not gonna she's not looking good at all and she's not gonna win you know um i'm not gonna <laughs> ramble on too much because I, I don't know that much but just by looking at it as a layman um to this sport as a novice you can tell that she basically was not the better fighter in this um in this competition and a youtuber also um had no issue no qualms wasted no time in basically roasting her in his video that she looks like a joke in that octagon it just looks absolutely ridiculous but back to um Tavares versus carlos jr for ufc 257 um yeah Tavares won by unanimous decision um you know Tavares did um was the best of fighter and um yeah, Taras did get caught in Junior issued the first clinch which um Taras got got caught in, but um Taras um used his legs to get out of it and um God. Oh shit. This is why I need to <laughs> to download that app because watching the highlights for a sport that I do, I do really do enjoy watching isn't really helpful, is not helpful at all when making these podcasts at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to waste time on this because I'm going to sound stupid when I go run through the um, my my two cents, my two pence of uh, this fight. Um, Torres won by a unanimous, de- unanimous decision in this fight. Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry guys, this is another one that I really the highlights just wasn't enough. It was between it was the women's bantamweight division, Juliana Pina versus Sarah McMahon. Uh just um to give you a brief um summary. Um Pina did win by submission, um by a rare naked choke. Uh, excuse me. And uh, yeah, watching the fight, she um did um she looks like um I could tell that she um, was um, she was going to uh, she was going to win. So round one, both fighters um, both fighters started strongly, and at that point, of course, I'll admit I it, I didn't know who was going to win, but that's just the first round. Um, McMahon McMahon got the t- got the first takedown in, but Pina was um, managed to get um, out of that, and she but she ended up in a clinch from from McMahon. I'm not going to waste any time on, <laughs> on running through that because I'm making this podcast just sound horrible. But um, yeah, piano won by um, by submission, uh, rare naked choke. 
Now, after that was part, um, Marcin Prochino. This is the men's light heavyweight division. Marcin um, Prochino. Is it? Marcin um, Prochino versus Khalil Rantree Jr. Um, so I'll jump straight to the end just let you tell you right now it was Pacino who won by unanimous decision now this is a particular fight that I was watching and um, I'll admit when I was watching it at first I was thinking okay they're both they seem to be both fighters seem to like they're good fine but as I'm watching the fight am I really finding this fight entertaining am I enjoying it I was thinking, no, it's, it's a bit boring. I mean, both guys are like moving forward, pace, moving forward, um, they're pacing forwards and backwards, just launching a strike here, and and the other guys doing the same thing. And we're like, no one's really doing anything. No one's really, you know, launching any, even a knee or any takedowns or you know anything like that. Although I do know that in this sport, there's a lot more. I'm mainly watching the sport from the um, from the outside, but you know, in reality, if you're the fighter, excuse me. Excuse me. If you're the fighter, you turn around and tell a novice like myself, a layman, an outsider, and there's a lot more that goes into the sport that meets the other than what um, the people, what the fans, what the crowd is, is seeing um, as they're watching the fight take place. But at first, I did um, find it, um, you know, I did find it kind of boring to watch, and it was just wasn't entertaining. I was thinking, someone do something more, more than just pacing forward and backwards and just trying to land a, a strike, a heavy strike or a leg kick or a head kick or anything like that. Now, someone to do something more, counter strikes even, trying to do a takedown, a clinch. Now, but that didn't happen. I was thinking as a fight wore on that this fight is going to be a hard one to judge because um, I, don't know who the, I don't know who the judges think or believe um, won this fight. Um, of course, someone else like my friend Charlie or another a fan who's been watching this fight for, who's been watching this sport for many many years uh much longer than i have um who has been um training this sport as a hobby or if they are an athlete and who, who, who you know who, if they are an athlete and who, who if they are an athlete who competes and not just trains but also competes officially and on the um on the public stage on the public platform you know they might give a completely and totally different opinion to me a different answer to me that they actually did find it entertaining and they did understand why the two guys are fighting the way they did that actually the two guys both sides being smart about how they fought again you know it goes back to the point that i made before you know in this sport um and it's like what i saw with one boy thompson in his fight um I think it was a UFC seven, uh, UFC Vegas seventeen or nineteen, but I think it was the last UFC event um, of the year two thousand twenty for the Christmas holidays. Um, Wonderboy Thompson, Stephen Thompson, in that fight, um, I can't remember the opponent's name, but what I do remember the fight for is that he Thompson managed to move a lot around the octagon, and he, you know, he was doing it such precision and agility, and you know, he's being very clever about it that he managed to land to dish out as much damage as he could possibly do so to his opponent whilst avoiding a lot of damage, minimising the damage and the attacks being aimed towards him. Uh, so, you know, that's that sort of um, thinking could also be the thinking that these two guys can be using as well. So as much as I find it, find it boring, maybe in their eyes they're being smart about it. But uh, for me as a novice who still has a lot more to learn, I did find it boring and I, f- I thought that it would be a hard... Um, a hard fight to judge, especially at the beginning of the fight. But Marcin did win that fight by unanimous decision. 
Yeah, and uh, reason. Make sure I'm looking at the right thing here. Yeah, unanimous unanimous decision. Uh, that's the whole three rounds. Okay, so next up was Mov Movsa Evlos versus Nick Lentz, uh, the men's catch weight division. Now, Nick Lentz, I no, I think his name sounded familiar, but um. The fight, the fight himself, I didn't recognize, but his name did um, did ring a bell. Um, now his opponent, who was, um, I think, let me just cross check this. Now this is one of the things you need a producer for. Yeah, Mofsa Evlov. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please don't um, forgive. Please forgive me. Um, uh, Leave a correction for me in the comment section down below. I'll be very, very, uh, very, very grateful. Um, yeah, DC did point this out. It was either DC, one of the commentators, sitting there by the cage, commentating the fight that um, Evlov, you know, is still very young. He was ten years um, Lentz's um, junior. Lentz is thirty six, but this guy Evlov Evlov is twenty six years old, and um, I still regarded to be very young in the sports of mixed martial arts, and uh, he. The commentator points out that he looks very calm as um, they were grappling there on the floor. That he didn't look worried at all, or you know, panicky. That God, how do I get out of this grapple? How do I get out of this leg um, leg lock or triangle or this clincher? He did handle the situation well because he did. He won. Um, he won by by split decision. And this guy's record of love. I'm very impressed. Okay, he's really just starting out. 14 um, fights, 14 wins. Not a single loss at all. Just looking at his record here on Wiki, um, just a, just a one column of straight sea of green. So, you know, this he's someone who's, um, you know, I'm not sure when he started, but I think you know, he started in 2014. So he's been fighting for a while, but he has a really, 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 really good um, fight record. He's won every single um, fight every fight that's um that he's been part of every single opponent he has um I'm gonna use say in layman's term terms he's knocked out or been there by submission. So, you know, well done to him. And again, credit to him, you know, he's uh, still a very young fighter, so um like the um commentator said um, during the fight, you know, he's still very young and well done to him for handling the situation really well. Didn't panic, he just um used his smarts and his um his fighting skills, grappling skills, ground game to get out of those situations, and he won. So the final fight was Amir Al Bazi versus Zalgas Zumagulov, the men's flyweight division. Now this Amir won this fight by unanimous, unanimous decision, and um, I can't remember how did it go. Well. The first round started quite strongly. Both guys uh, were really going off. They were really getting into it. And uh, Amir got Zaglas in a clinch, but uh, um, Zaglas managed to get out of it. Um, but then Zaglas went in there for a proper takedown. He, then he ran at his opponent and just got him down to the ground. And uh, in round two, again, guys, I'm sorry, this is from <laughs> this is from a highlight. I kick myself for this because it just doesn't, do myself any justice because I'm still learning about the sport 
and also i'm going to be honest it's not good for my not good content wise for my podcasts because i'm trying to be as detailed as i can trying to be as informative and as educational <laughs> as i can be um when i'm talking about these um these fast events i do like, enjoy watching so round two um zargas um gets another takedown in um but i'm at Amir mounted to cleverly using his spot his um smarts and sense and his skills um got on his back and in the replay as in um from what I could see in the clip Amir Amir did get some really really heavy um uh, heavy clean shots in just to his opponent's head so you know I guess all of that um the the um the clinches even though it's caught in a clinch and a take that he uses smarts to get out of that quite easily to the just reposition himself to in a way in a to a position uh, whereby he'd have the advantage in the upper hand um, over his opponent, and so he won by unanimous decision. So, um, in um, other just other things that's been happening in the sport, um, yeah, like I said before at the beginning of the show, uh, many people were actually betting and banking on Connor beating Dustin at the UFC two fifty seven, but. A lot of people were in shock. <laughs> a lot of people were, were just eating. There was, and I said this to Charlie. Um, so um, because I I put out uh, just like a small poll in a story. Um, just a few days, just not a few days, but Saturday afternoon, I was making my way to work, and um, I put out just a, like a voting poll over a post of the two guys, a promotional UFC two fifty two fifty seven poster, and I said. Will Dustin Poirier beat Conor McGregor? Three people said no. Two people said yes. Um, to be honest, even though I did want Dustin to win this fight, I, I really did, and he won the fight. You know, so I'm really, I'm personally happy, happy for that. Really happy for him. Um, I wanted Dustin to win the fight, but something inside me just, I knew my at the bottom of my heart that um, my gut instinct was telling me that no. Conor McGregor will go in there and do what Conor McGregor does best. He will do what Conor McGregor is known for, and he will win. But uh, unfortunately, that that's um, uh, that didn't happen. And Dustin Poirier really surprised everybody. He really shocked the MMA, the mixed martial arts community. But you know, even after that, still stayed humble and respectful. So did Conor McGregor even after his loss, because I'm sure he himself personally wanted to win. You know, in this sport, naturally everybody wants to win, but. You know that's never going to happen all the time. You can't win all the time. You're gonna gonna. So I keep. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, you're gonna have your highs. You're gonna have your lows. You just that's just a fact of life. You know. So, um, a lot of people in the mixed martial arts community uh, reacted to Dustin's uh, win. Um, now Charles Oliveira's come out and said that he wants a title shot between himself and Dustin. Tony Ferguson uh, sent um, tweet sent out a tweet um, uh, calling out Dustin said, "You dodged me, kid. See you soon, champ. Still congratulating him on his win, but he still wants to fight with Donis, um, Dustin Poirier." Uh, Bilal Mohammed um, did also uh, post a video on I think Instagram, um, kind of saying that the reason why Conor lost is that Conor was just too obsessed and concentrating more on proving that he is the best boxer in the UFC. Now, I'm not sure if. I'm not sure if Conor McGregor has ever said that. Probably he has, um, but maybe I missed it somewhere. Maybe I saw it today and it probably just went over my head. Um, if he has and I'm wrong, please say so in the comment section below if you're watching this on YouTube. But um, 
Bilal Muhammad um, said that um, really um, Conor McGregor um, was focusing too much on proving that he's the best boxer in the UFC. And yeah, that point I was making before, um, I was saying that basically, um, is that in relation to um, what Max Holloway said after his win at um, the last UFC event? No, not the one before that one, which has gone over my head again. Um, the Max, Max Holloway just as he was as he was um, tearing his opponent to pieces there in a bloody mess in the octagon, um, uh, one of the commentators said something, and uh, Holloway turned around and said, "Yeah, um, yeah, the uh, freshman, the freshman came to, came out here to play. Yeah, and the freshman's playing all right. He came out here and he's he's a sort of freshman that take will fight you and take your girlfriend." Um, so I'm wondering, is it in relation to that? Um, because I think there was some um, speculation, rumors that now he's beat, now Max Holloway's being the opponent. Um, is he worthy of a fight with um, Conor McGregor? But I have to say that I've kind of forgotten about what happened in that event, what was said. But now um, back to UFC 257. Uh, this guy's come out saying that um, McGregor lost because it was just too. Um, too focused on proving that he's the best boxer in the UFC that really he should have gone in there and uh, he should have done what, what mixed martial arts fighter does to win the fight um, you know um, the um, just attacks with the what was he, he said something about the shoulder um, that basically oh I'm not going to waffle on too much he should have gone in there and just done what a mixed martial arts fighter uh, should do to win any fight uh, to just beat any opponent that's been put in front of them so another news, Dana has been talking to Khabib, and again this goes back to the point that I made earlier at the beginning of um, this episode, that um, Khabib has um, told me, they haven't talked about having Khabib come back, I think even just for one last fight, um, I'm on so many levels above these guys, I beat these guys, so you know, he's make, he's made it clear that he's not coming back, you know, there's, um, he's, he's not coming back and this is the reason why, so he just, and it's a reason that makes sense. You know, being all these guys, you've, you know, you've been all these guys, and you know that that you're better than they are. So, you know, you coming back there, mm, is it really worth your time and energy? You know, especially if you don't want to do it anymore, you can't force him. So, uh, you know, he has that right. Excuse, me. <laughs> excuse me, guys. That's like the third or fourth time I had to belch there. <laughs> And this is the one that really, I'm sure, pissed everybody off. There was a UFC fighter known as Otman um, Azaya. So no, Otman Azata or Azata, A-Z-A-I-T-A-R. Now, what happened with him is that basically him and his team, um, if you don't know, I'm sure most people know who's, who are watching this, and uh, as a novice, <laughs> it's basically me if I don't know, but at... Um, Abu Dhabi there they've got these uh, bubbles basically for people who have been let's say living in the same environment basically to help um, reduce the spread of this COVID-19 and to also aid the social distancing now what happened is that this guy um, just hours before um, hours before a big event UFC 257 because the two main events are happening with Chandler uh, Hooker McGregor and Poirier um, you know this big event that he was, um, should have been a part of he, um, him and his team carved their wristbands and gave it to someone who was out, who wasn't part of their bubble, basically to cut the long story short, to give them access to give, give them access to gain entry to the um to the to the fight event, and I think um after 
after that, um, I think Dana made the decision just to cut the guy basically, and it did make sense. You know, even Charlie agrees that um, not just the fact that you let someone in who should have been in there, but you really are um, posing a big risk not just to yourself and to your team, but also to the other people there, the other athletes that you're going to be competing against. Even those maybe who are in the same team as you, you know, they could also pick up the virus, and if they test positive, well, before you know it, the whole all of the UFC staff are all sick. And before you know it, um, UFC 257 is cancelled. And um, basically, um, from what I've been seeing, Dana White does like um, hosting and um, he does like hosting fights in Abu Dhabi. So he likes the way things are run there, basically. It's nice and uh, I think it's even better than how things are done back home in the US. Um, he's even said that this is now the basically fight capital of the world. So I mean, even the people who are running Abu Dhabi, the actual owners of the Etihad Arena, they could turn around and say, "Well, so and so, so and so, and so, blah blah blah." After this, which is just outrageous, we just don't want to oppose these events anymore because they have to think of at the Etihad Arena. The Abu Dhabi staff also have their own team who's who. Who are running the place? They, have, they also have to think of them as well. So that you know, if they get sick, then they're also in trouble as well. So it was a really, really stupid, stupid move by this guy. You know, what do I write down? Um, you know, in order to gain entry, gain entry to the event, very, very, very foolish move. And you know, it's really affected his. It's really affected his career. Um, I'm not sure if any other fighting organizations, Bellator, One Championship, Bare Knuckle, and Fighting. Um, if they are going to um, take him on. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. No one knows what he's going to do. But, you know, it's weird and it's stupid. Just hours, mere hours before a massive event that you're going to be a part of. You've trained and prepared. You've cut weight. You've made weight. You know, um, you've been through all the... the um, You've been through all the things um, that a fighter is supposed to go through to um, just to prepare yourself to, to win this event. You know, you just go mess it up, mess up like this. I mean... I think calling him foolish doesn't even come close, really. I think it's still being too lenient to this guy because he really, really has messed himself up. But, guys, I think I'll wrap things up there. Um, really, hopefully my next podcast uh, will be better than this one. <laughs> By then, I will have downloaded the app and um, the UFC app and will watch these fights a lot more closely instead of just um, going off the highlights because that's not useful at all. Um, you can so yeah. If you watch the video, um, if you watch the video and listen to the podcast this far, thank you very much. Thumbs up if you're watching this on YouTube. You can see that. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My name's Iko Jaco. Um, one on Facebook and Twitter. My name's Iko Jaco. And podcasts are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM. Um, I'm still trying to get the um, <laughs> iTunes. Um, the Apple podcast um, on iTunes sorted out. That is taking, that's a lot trickier than it seems. Um, some silly errors are popping up, so I've got to try and get that sorted out. Uh, but guys, if you did enjoy this podcast, um, please don't forget to leave a like uh, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe if you enjoy the podcast and enjoy my other content as well. Thanks.